is known to be one of the most fearless journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And you are listening to The Shepard Ambellis Show. Without further ado, here is your host, Shepard Ambellis. It's already Wednesday. We're on episode seven, season two of the show. Uh, time is flying. We're already rated number 10 in Greece news and commentary on the podcast. Um, I don't know. We're trying to get into the uh, top 100 still in the U.S. because um, when we quit season one, they ranked us past 300 i think or something like that so i don't know so now we're like 157 or something like that (sighs) um all right we got bethany adani with us we got aaron cole and we got a very special guest keith dickens is joining us he's a bigfoot researcher bigfoot hunter society is his facebook all the links in the description his twitter i encourage you to follow it and for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about the subject of Bigfoot, which is one of the most intriguing subjects to a lot of people. And it's actually gained in popularity lately. And there's, there are so many shows on TV about it. You turn on all these different networks, which I never do, uh, because I don't watch TV, but I catch them on YouTube and stuff like that clips. Um, there's so many shows out there and I think the reason, too, that people are gaining interest in the subject of Bigfoot is because there are more and more sightings. And also people have like phones and stuff. And I want to talk about um, some of the, some of these nuances of Bigfoot, too, like things like claims like, uh, uh, you know, uh, when we get with the guests, I want to talk about th- this in particular because it was on my mind but people claim oh no one's ever found a bigfoot no one's ever got a body well what do you mean i i mean like surely like the u.s military has a body surely they told someone to shut up i mean i've personally heard a lot of stories um i mean like there's a a mount saint helens there's a story where supposedly they had like 13 dead bigfoot when mount saint helens erupted so uh, you know, there's cover-ups going on all the time. People shoot these things. They say they're a bear. They say they're a giant animal, and they log it as such in the books. We're joined by Keith Dickens. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I was uh, vibing your intro. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate it, man. Um, I the what I really wanted to get you on the show for right off the bat. Uh, I mean, because you know so much about Bigfoot is I tweeted out the other day. And if everyone, this is one of those shows where you need to be uh, proactive today, go in the description right now and look at a link in there that says show link. And it says, um, uh, Twitter and it's, it's the Bigfoot link from my Twitter. And I, I enhanced the, um, a frame from the Patterson Gimlin film. Now the Patterson Gimlin film was shot back in 1967 and 
it, it's been the subject of of uh, controversy for quite a while ever since uh, it was shot in northern california near the bluff creek area down some logging road in the del norte county um on friday october 20th and this is all the way back in 1967 and um you know this caused uh, a stir in the press and um this film's also known as like pgf or the patterson film you know if you've ever heard that and um the filmmakers were roger patterson and bob gimlin and they maintained forever that what they saw was what they saw well i decided to do some enhancement on the imagery and run it through some stuff i have so um what happened was i ran it through two systems and it really uh clarified things up and i've sent this to um our guest and we're just going to talk about it and i encourage the audience to check out these pictures and don't just look at them on twitter like zoom in on them totally um i mean what's your first impression of these uh images after seeing because like i've seen the patterson gimlin film on lots of different documentaries and stuff and they always show this this you know alleged bigfoot walking and it looks somewhat blurry and you're thinking well you know maybe it could be a guy in a suit i don't know i mean it kind of looks like there's some muscles to it and whatnot um i've enhanced this thing what what are your thoughts on on this imagery now so i really like what you did with it um looking at it going through you can actually see individual hairs actual muscle ligature in the legs and uh that the whole chest area it's a lot better than uh just looking at some grainy you know 67 style footage that's for sure yeah now um one thing i notice on this is i mean even looking at the arm there's like i see individual like tufts of hair coming off this thing but you know maybe like a some matted hair that's about three four inches long um in some like pencil width strands and on the on the right arm his right arm or or his or her it looks like a her maybe even um oh yeah it's good old patty so uh on on the right arm i mean it's like a massive bicep tricep going up to the traps on the neck the forearm muscles uh popping out you can see hair uh coming off of that i mean the head you can see the shape now there there's like this spot on the head near the eye and i'm undecided on it but when i really look at this um by where the eyes should be i think it's some kind of reflection or something uh, maybe off the eye but right below that it looks like two nostrils somewhat of a, like an ape-like head to me um and but i mean down near the buttocks and and the um back of the thighs and and the calves i mean what are what are your thoughts on on like some of those muscles in there i mean it, it it's just too much like i don't think a suit could do that uh especially in that uh, time period there's no way and if you look at uh, some of the pictures when you see just like 
if it's a suit, especially back, you know, in the sixties, it's not going to have that many little differences in the hair and the way how there are tufts and how the muscles actually curve and form to the body. I mean, they could make planet of the ape suits and that was what a few years, even after this film. So, right. I mean, this would that, this, that technology just really wasn't there, uh, to be able to do that i mean this would be like maybe they could have a planet of the apes guy walk by now and film it and it would look like super real but like this this thing is looking real especially for back then uh i think it's like around frame 352 of the film or something that i enhanced do um bigfoot in general there's you know there's a lot that goes along with it uh any anything from uh language you know people suspect bigfoot has a language uh have you you know what what are what can you tell us about the language and and you know what people have have reported oh absolutely so the most famous uh recording where you hear about this the uh, sierra nevada film where they have uh, vocals, vocalizations of several different individuals going back and forth from across the creek. And then if you check out uh, the Ohio film, Ohio Sounds, The Howls, um, they have several different distinct noises they make along with tree knocking and uh, things of that nature. They can definitely have some type of, I would say, a primitive language because I mean just the whole different uh, especially if you get into that Sierra Nevada track. They, well, uh, is that the is that several different noises? Is that the the you know I've heard people say it sounds like a um, Japanese samurai talking really fast or something. You know when you hear Bigfoot talking back and forth or like chattering or something. Do you, have you heard that uh, analogy? Oh, yeah, I've heard a few people say that, and that's pretty spot on. Wow, that's just, like, bizarre. Now, how big do these things get? Like, uh, I know there's, you know, there's obviously smaller ones because there's um, younger Bigfoot and whatnot. And, and I, um, but, like, what are some of the biggest reported cases, and are they bigger in different parts of the world? Um, so... The, one, uh, the two times I've actually seen Bigfoot, uh, the first time in Ohio, I was, you know, a younger guy. But I would say it was probably, oh, roughly 6'11 to 7 foot tall. Um, there are reports, though, of, you know, them being as tall as 9 foot, 10 foot even. Yeah, that's pretty big. Um, someone was saying they... Uh they saw one of these prints in the mud and it, it was just like four times the size of their foot. And I, cause I was listening to this one eyewitness account and this, uh, young lady said she put her foot in the mud right next to it and barely sunk in. And that thing sunk down like a foot and her foot sunk down only like three inches or something like that. So the weight of these things I'm thinking has to be like, pretty hefty right like three four five hundred pounds oh heavier than that you're probably talking seven eight they're bulky wow that that makes sense though because and especially like with all that muscle i mean even in these uh pictures that are posted in the description if anyone wants to see it on the show link twitter 
Uh, it there's these Bigfoot uh, images that I enhanced from the Patterson Gimlin film, and I, I mean just the detail in these muscles and the strength of these things. Now I've heard these things get mad; they start uh, ripping, like uh, swaying trees back and forth, and they also like um, kind of bob and weave back and forth or sway back and forth sometimes when they're when they're kind of like intimidated or just when they see someone that, from the stories that I've heard. Uh, have you heard any stories where they just, you know, basically go ape shit or anything? And, you know, like, are these things dangerous? So as a general rule of speaking, um, I would say more, t- more times than not, they're kind of just trying to get you out of their way. They're like any other, you know, semi- I would say semi, but intelligent, you know, species of primate, they, uh, very territorial. I think more often than not, they're kind of just shocked that you're there. And, um, if you're kind of in their space, it kind of just wants you out of the way. Um, when right. I was in Southern Alaska, I was down there doing it uh, We were out there doing an expedition and, uh, we had rocks thrown at us. You know, we'd hear the branches breaking about 10, 15 feet away. It was pitch dark out there, but they can, they can get kind of squirrely on you. But uh, as far as uh, actual aggression, aggression, I don't know if they necessarily be a threat. Right. Um, you know, uh, the abominable snowman, that, that pops up in cartoons often, um, kind of like a Yeti-looking thing. Sometimes it's white. I remember that being like in Scooby-Doo and just kind of wondering, like, what is this? But, you know, stories like that probably have to come from somewhere. And uh, I remember one Art Bell story where this uh i guess they call it like the hillbilly hunter or something like that on youtube if you search it and and uh this guy was in texas and he was out hunting at night and whatnot and he ended up uh uh shining his light on on a bigfoot or whatever or, or or several of them and saw the eye shine from their light and i guess he ended up shooting them or whatever and and just really um ended up um feeling bad about it later or whatever but he went on on the uh sorry about that that music came on he he went on the art bell show and was telling a story but i guess they were saying how these things are are rated as uh humanoids and there's like apparently there there's laws about these bigfoot so like i don't know can you just go like straight up hunt a bigfoot or have have you heard about this? Does this cause some kind of dilemma with men in black or something? Like, how does that work? Um, I'm not 100% sure on all that, but I do know um, more often than not, the people that go just gallivanting into the woods with a shotgun or a rifle thinking they're going to shoot one of these things don't even get close to seeing one. Right. What about uh, the like tree knocking and stuff like that? Because, like, some people say, you know, that's the way to go. And then some people are like, well, you know, I don't know if you're going to be like tree knocking, but, um, maybe they, maybe that might get a response out of them or something. Uh, we've had uh, a few times to where we got responses to tree knocks. Wow. That's interesting. Um, That's almost like spooky. (laughs) 
Like, what do you think of this stuff, Bethany? Like, like, you know, I, I've talked about Dogman on the show. We had a, um, like a skinwalker story. Someone called in with one of the listeners yesterday. That was pretty crazy. Bethany, what, uh, what do you think about this whole Bigfoot and uh, Aaron? Like, you know, so far in, in this conversation, I mean, it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, this is fascinating as I'm listening. I want to know what Keith's opinion is as to what he thinks this is. Is it something from days of old, ancient days? It's been around, you know, been in stories um, in the past. Is it, you know, like you said, Shep, humanoid? People describe it as a humanoid. Could there be a mixture of, could they have mixed, you know, DNA between animals and, and, and people, which we suspect they are doing uh the powers that be um could it be merging of you know man man and animal um excuse me uh animal and machine um the powers that be again their goal is to merge man and machine so before that you know experimentation um as I'm looking at the pictures, I noticed, I believe it was Kevin commented, Shep, about the tri- the triangle in the, um, the leg. Um, and you can see that triangular figure. And the first thing I thought of was like some type of like merging of animal and machine. So I just want to know what Keith's opinion is on that. So I kind of come from the train of thought that uh, this might be either a divergent evolution or a relic species uh, close to Gigantopithecus. Oh, interesting. You know, uh, I had a couple thoughts on this um, that I was just now thinking about uh, after listening to some Bigfoot encounters and stuff. Now, this is where uh, Bigfoot-ology, I, I don't know if that's what you call it, Bigfoot-ology, this is where um, it takes a twist in there. And I think this is like a, uh, an area that causes some division like people are divided on have you heard of or what are your thoughts on bigfoot cloaking or being able to cloak themselves ah it's interesting you bring that up it is some people uh when you ask them about that some of the uh bfro folks get very angry because they uh i guess they feel like that takes away from maybe the truth of nah it's just a flesh and bone creature so we can't entertain any of these ideas but it almost makes more sense for it to be able to do that than not well you know uh uh the predator right you know that thing the the uh it wore that armor and all that right well when i look at this image i do see something up uh by the head area and it has a little bit of a red ish and it looks like almost white or silver and uh, i was mentioning earlier like it could be like some kind of glare or like eye shine but it also looks like that thing the predator wore on the side of its head or shoulder that kind of that gun thing that moved around or maybe like a optic i don't know i mean that would be a little like wild but um there are lots of reports of bigfoot cloaking and there's also another uh strange feature of bigfoot that's in a lot of stories is People say either it walks so gracefully that it it looks like it floats or almost like um, uh, spirits itself away. Um, 
because it's so graceful. But then you hear some people describe that and they're like, no, it's, it's almost like it like was on like a hoverboard and floated away or like, you know, so some, there's something graceful about its movement. Have you heard that, uh, before Keith? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I come more from the train of thought that this is a flesh and blood animal, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there might be other things going on, right? There's several theories. If you talk to uh, the Native Americans, they'll tell you that he's a guardian uh, spirit of the forest, and that's why he can kind of cloak he trans-dimensional being, basically. And then there's another theory that uh, UFO sightings correlate pretty on a pretty high scale with Bigfoot sightings as well. So a lot of people think that it might be uh, extraterrestrial activity as well. So that could really, you know, lend some credence to uh, the whole floating thing, the cloaking, everything. Yeah, you know, uh, orbs and uh, UFOs go hand in hand with Bigfoot, and that's so bizarre. Um, And then when I think about that, I think like on that movie, The Predator, how they were like these hunters and they came down from space and all that. And I'm thinking, like, did they make this movie, The Predator, to, like, mock Bigfoot? And that's, like, really what's going on? Like, you know, or something uh, to that effect. But I I don't know. I mean, I haven't really heard of any, like, technology on Bigfoot, per se. Uh, in any, actually, the one time I did um, hear a story where some guy said it looked like uh, Bigfoot was tagged with, like, an ankle bracelet like a real indestructible ankle bracelet and like it had like a box on it. Um, like military grade type shit. That's interesting because if you do want to dive kind of more into the, uh, extraterrestrial theory. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people, that, there's a lot of people that think that, uh, Bigfoot itself is actually kind of a UFO, an alien side project and a human animal splice that they were trying to make a, uh, strong but docile slave species of oh really escaped you know that would make sense too uh if you're if you need like some kind of uh worker race or something i mean these things are like strong um i'm sure they could do a lot of work uh i was thinking like you know one of my theories is these things have been around for a while um and possibly they were utilized at, at one point um or they are utilized by the military maybe we don't even know uh in underground base projects or something like that i know i know there's like that rumored dulce base um and supposedly they got all sorts of like genetic experiments going on there and whatnot uh and it it really just makes you wonder you know what uh what could our military be doing with these things um orbs ufos stuff like that uh i know that also goes hand in hand with like cattle mutilations and stuff have you ever heard of any uh coincidence with uh cattle mutilations in bigfoot or anything uh cattle no but i have heard a few stories of uh dogs being killed in uh, the same areas where the sightings occur i've heard that as well uh maybe just the dog starts barking or something or they um i've heard that they go and uh hunt the dogs um maybe like if you if you piss a bigfoot off or or you get too close to their territory 
and you live around the area, they might like uh, get your neighbor or your uh, your dog when it's when it's outside in your yard, or maybe like even the neighbor's dog. Um, I've heard that. Uh, what do you think these things primarily eat? So I'm. Um, I would imagine they just have a, a pretty uh, omnivorous, you know, general diet, which would explain a lot of kind of how they uh, migrate throughout the seasons. I've, they, I'm sure they get, you know, ungulates, deer, caribou, berries. Just they're probably very generalized and opportunistic feeders. I would think probably around the lines of like kind of a bear. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, that makes sense. Just kind of like an all around eater, uh, like what, you know, whatever is, uh, they can get at that time, I guess. Um, do you think, um, you know, who do, who do you think's in charge of, uh, calling the shots on covering up these Bigfoot, you know, what agency do you think that might be? Uh, when, when, cause I know people call like uh park rangers or like sheriffs and they're like saying they got Bigfoot and then that gets included in like a report and then they say, Oh, it's just a big bear or something. And, and they make the person, nah, you know, you probably just saw a bear with mange or whatever. And they write that in, it's like code or something. Uh, who do you think ultimately, cause they talk about like, um, strange like agency type people showing up with no signias and like black vehicles and submachine guns stuff like that um have you know have you heard about it about this and or do you speculate anything uh yeah I, i've heard a, a couple of people i've talked to said that you know they kind of after they made their report they were strongly suggested by you know certain people in the parks department or the police to uh kind of not go public with it and, it, and it, they were always told this will ruin your credibility you sound crazy etc cetera, etc cetera. right but i mean if you think i mean the government just recently uh declassified operation blue book and put details out about ufos a couple of years back but a lot of people didn't really pay attention because you know we had the covid pandemic and everything else going on but i do know i saw an old army field guide from the 80s and bigfoot was actually listed on there is uh, a dangerous creature to stay away from oh wow that's crazy um someone was saying like a taxidermist uh uh, they, they're a taxidermist and they get a list of, uh, if you find, you know, if someone brings one of these in to taxidermy, you got to report it and a Bigfoot's on that list. I definitely can believe that. I mean, that's so bizarre. Like what a weird subject. We'll plug anything you want to plug. We got to get to, uh, Adam Ross coming up. He's going to talk about his uh, music career in uh, Nashville and then get into a werewolf story. So it's going to make for a, pretty interesting show bigfoot werewolf uh story but uh keith dickens our guest i appreciate you coming on plug anything you want on the way out and let let the listeners know where to find your work awesome thanks hey yep i'm just uh you know twitter bigfoot hunter society at real bigfoot hunter and uh facebook bigfoot hunter society thanks for having me on the show uh, it was really fun and uh, hopefully i can talk to you all again soon absolutely uh keith dickens there he goes that that was yeah, that was interesting on the Bigfoot. What did you think, uh, Beth and Aaron? 
I loved it. Uh, it's such an interesting topic, and there's so many ways to to take it, whether it's just flesh and blood, or if it's a, a robot, or if it's aliens, interdimensional portal jumper. Just so many, so many awesome topics with that. We're gonna go to Adam Ross here in a minute. You know, uh, I, I want to know why people think the thing moves so smoothly because. Like, there was people literally saying it looks like it goes away on a hoverboard. It's that smooth. I wonder if they moonwalk, too. That'd probably be pretty dope. <laughs> I'll let you play with my <laughs> monkey. <laughs> I wonder if they're related to Dogman. I wanted to ask uh, Keith <laughs> that question, but I didn't I didn't get a chance. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think? You think there's any relation to Dogman? Are they ancestor? Are they ancestors? Are they? Are is Dogman more evolved? I mean, thoughts. I think that the Dogman's a lot more uh, scarier and like ballsier, you know. And and Adam Ross is going to come on. He's going to tell a werewolf story. It's not really a Dogman story. Um, it's a werewolf story. So we're going to get into that, but. We identified it as a werewolf, and so did he'll. I'll let him tell the story, but he talked to the Dogman Encounters guy, even on the phone, and uh, you know he was saying werewolf too. So um, we're gonna bring him on. Adam Ross is a country singer out of Nashville. Um, me and him have, uh, or he and I have worked on a project uh, that is still kind of in the works, but. I ended up getting swamped, so I put it to the side for a minute, but we're going to get back on it. Um, so he's still currently making music, and he is a phenomenal talent. Uh, Adam Ross, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. you know, Adam, uh, you know, we, we uh, talk a lot on Clubhouse, and uh, you know, you, you have a lot of knowledge, and uh, you like to pretty much talk about anything like I do uh, and music's one of my favorite things and I know music's one of your favorite things but why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself your background and you know kind of how you got to the point of going to Nashville your experience in Nashville and through that you know what you've learned and then uh, I would like to play a little bit of one of your songs yeah, quickly, um, you know, I I was always a musician from the time I was a child. And um, I, I went to my mom. I was on the back porch one day, and I said, I was, Michael, Jack, Michael Jackson was playing. And I was singing it, you know, and I said, Mom, I sound just like Michael Jackson. She said, no, you don't, son. And I said, okay, okay, I don't. And uh, I just kept on, but I was like, I love music. And I, I grabbed a guitar and I began to play. And uh, I started recording in South Carolina. And then one day my wife said, uh, you spent all this money, like it's, it's years and years later. You spent all this money uh, in South Carolina. Why don't we go to Nashville and see what they can do? And those guys were so talented. I had recorded and recorded and spent thousands. 
And uh, we went to Nashville in three minutes. They recorded the song. And uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, we were just blown away by, by their talent. They went around the room. There was people in every every room. Uh, probably uh, seven, seven, eight guys. And uh, they just uh, said, I got it's good. Or, uh, you know, I got to fix this. Five minutes, they had all the music finished. And, no, that's uh, incredible because we I've so heard some. I, I've we heard some. Yeah, because I've heard some of this music. I mean, it's really good. Um, and you're saying they go in and they just lay this down, but you also go in there and you lay your vocals down. Like, what's that like working right. in the vocal booth and with the, with the uh, recording and all that? You know, I I did that from a young age, and it was it was. You know, it's tough hearing yourself for the first time, and then you start recording over and over, and you get used to yourself. But then you're never satisfied. But going there, $10,000 mic, you know, and uh, they give you two times through. And if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can't. And uh, they walk away, and they edit it. That's what you get. Uh, But the bottom line is, you don't make music. They make you. You want to be a Nashville recording artist? Go to Nashville. That's all you got to do. That's the only way, you know? Now, uh, is is that a pretty brutal uh, industry, like breaking into the uh, country music like that? Like, what you know, uh, what's involved in all, in all that? In all that. Um, let's say uh, you're a single man. It's easy to walk up play you have to play in the show and uh they're in nashville um you have to get in a group because they don't do it like they did with willie and uh all the old folks um you have to get in a record a a writing group um if you want to be a nashville recording artist they no longer will let you get rich like they did with michael and willie and all these folks you have to be in a recording group and uh or a writing group and that group gets promoted once that group is promoted um they become uh you know signed or whatever and they get that song let's say jamie johnson you know let's go to a song he had or somebody let's go to alan jackson a guy actually out of my county wrote uh the song called wanted uh for alan jackson um but he had a writing group um and with that you don't you know, you can't own the industry like Michael owned the industry. Willie owns the industry. They, they're not going to allow that anymore, but it's nothing against it. It's just, you know, the, the big people got smarter and the 1% got to a half percent. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, I noticed that, that, that just the, uh, music industry in general is just, that's, it's a, it's a tough business. And, um, I don't think anyone's there to like help you out generally either. So it's like, you know, you're on your own. Uh, they don't want to give you any pointers. There's just uh, nothing going on like that, especially anymore. Um, I want to play a little bit of, of your song radio, if that's all right. That's fair. All right, here we go. This is Adam A. Ross radio. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. 
it's too late, don't you know? It's got us after midnight, and you don't think I know. And it's kind of hard to disguise when I'm looking in those pretty eyes. But you'll lie and You know, and that's good stuff, you know, as far as like what we do. Yeah. In in the industry. Yeah, in the industry. That's what they do. But the the one person who was producing the music, he was mixing it and he said to me, he said, What you need to do is go to find a Nashville writing group in Spartanburg, that's South Carolina, or you need to go and move to Nashville. Well, you know, I'm, I, I have children and I have a wife. So in order to do that, I guess I leave everything behind. Um, that's something you're going to do or you're not going to do. It's, you know, my wife is my first love. So the bottom line is this, we just stayed home. You know, you know, of course, Shepard, from knowing me and Bethany, you know me, Aaron, you know enough about me. I'm, I'm an ordained Southern Baptist minister and, uh, my first life is Christ. Uh, but the thing, uh, that we went into further, um, was what the Bigfoot, you know, what Keith was talking about. Even last night, Bethany brought up dreams with Trish and we talked about things. Uh, you know, I can't get into the story tonight. We don't have time. We can we we can wait for callers. No, but no, no. We'll I, I, tonight, I, I, yeah. I think we should. I think you got time. I think you got time. I'm. I'll open the call lines, and callers okay. can just sit there, and we might take a couple quick I ones. I don't want to keep the call lines. You know. Well, well. I don't want to hold. Let's the call open lines. the call lines and get a couple callers. Get in there if you're interested in werewolves, dogman stuff like that. Two zero five eight four three seven four seven two zero five eight four three seven four three seven. The the numbers in the description, and you can come in through a URL. Uh, Adam, let's get into this werewolf story. Just lay it out. This is uh, okay. probably the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. We're just gonna give you the floor. Here All you right, go. I'll be quick. I'll be quick as I can. Um, I was raised Southern Baptist. I was raised Independent Baptist. Uh, my parents are good parents. Um, I, I had a great, great couple mentors. Um, I'll call one of them J.D. Putman, uh, J.D. Waters. Um, but they were all good family, and they were that's two pastors, Independent and Southern. We moved to Southern at 12 years old, and um, I, you know, my father was murdered. And, and we moved at 12 years old to J.D. Putman's church, which is Eastside Baptist Church. And uh, that's where I became a pastor at the age of 27. Somebody? Somebody? That is incredibly young age to become a pastor. That's, like, amazing. No, no, no. I moved to the church. I became a pastor at 27. Yeah. No, I mean, that's cool, though, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. With that being said, you know, I went through everything and um, went through seminary and all this. But anyway, um, you know, got further into life and uh, and life takes its hold. 
And I continue. I'm still a member of this church at Eastside and uh, still under that pastor. He calls me a son. But with that being said, um, I left a corporation, BMW, that I was working for uh, probably uh, about a year ago. And I started working in the ministry full time. And you know this ship at, at Bethany. You do too, Aaron. You've been around. Um, and I'm just, I was just volunteering and working for the widows and the fatherless. That's what the book of James says. Um, but one day, make a long story short, I um, was working at the pastor's house. And um, I was doing some uh, hedge trimming. And a gentleman came up. And he was actually my RA leader. Uh, he asked me uh, to come over and do some work in his yard after I got through. And I did. I came over and he showed me what he wanted to do. He wanted me to build a little horseshoe pit. And I did. Um, I started building that horseshoe pit. But he showed me a lot of work. And this horseshoe pit was built on a nice piece of land. Um, it was hidden behind and uh, kind of an orchard orchard or or yeah or orchard and he said uh you know just build this level it up so i started and it was probably it was october 19th 2021 so i started building it and uh, he had shown me a three-wheeler that i could drive around a truck i could drive around either one of them would start when i tried to start them and he, he, he said, well, you know, just build this. And he gave me all this work that I could do. It was like a month's worth of work. And I said, well, okay, I'll do it. But I started, he said, start on this horseshoe pit. It's behind Grapevine Orchard. And it's just off the piece of land. And we're out in the country, you know, way out in the country. And, uh, I start building that. I'm by myself out there because I always work by myself for the most part. Might bring a hand, but never really need one. That day I didn't bring one. And um, I started building the pit. And uh, first thing I did was, you know, I'm a landscaper uh, by trade. And uh, I started blowing the leaves off of the leaf blower. And one thing I noticed is this, and I'm going to make it quick as I can. Uh, there were stakes. He had given me a level and things that I needed and string, and he gave me stakes. But there were stakes already there when I blew the leaves off. They had strings attached, and they were broken. These strings were old. These strings were very old. Um, I know Bob won't appreciate this, but I'm going to tell you the truth. These strings were so old that the rust was on white of the string at least three, four inches. And the strings were broken. Nothing had been finished. I worked and I built this whole thing. I went to lunch at 12 o'clock. I started shoveling sand on one side after I had leveled the first part of this horseshoe pit. When I got through with that first side, I went to lunch and I came back, but I lost my way back. But I, I eventually found it. I got back about one thirty or 2 o'clock, maybe just before 2. And uh, 
I started shoveling sand after I got through the second side of the horseshoe pit. It's about two. When I started, he had shown me this pile beforehand. And I want to go so far, but we don't have a minute. So he had shown me this pile of sand, and I already shoveled part of it. Well, I got so thick into it with this square point shovel. And, then, you know, I'm hammering stuff because that's what I do. Yeah. And, I mean, I get the job done. I don't play. And uh, I hammer something as far as, like, just shoveling it up. And I hit something. It's like a wooden box. It's like a wooden box. And I hit that wooden box. And I'm like, that's weird. But I keep going. I don't pay no attention. And it's about 2 o'clock. About 2.15. October 19th, 2021. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to lie. I don't have time for that. Um, About 2.30, I hear the first howl. It's distant. It's way distant. Maybe a quarter mile. Um, I just figure, you know, I hear maybe it's a dog. I don't know what it is. I talked to Vic, like I told you. Vic said, now you're when you say when you when you say Vic, you're talking about Vic Kunda from Dogman Encounters Radio. He's a Dogman Encounters. He says he he, he told me. He's, I called him. I personally contacted him. He said, I, you didn't see him face to face. I said, no, sir. I said, what I can tell you is this. It kept howling. I got it on video ship. I've sent it to you, Bethany. You've seen it. Um, everybody knows I've got an hour of this, this howl. It's like a crazy um, howl. It was, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's like you, you can't say it's cattle. You can't say it's anything ship. Right. Um, uh, and, but anyway, this thing, let's say this from two fifteen to seven o'clock or a little bit after, um, it's approaching me. Stay there, it's Jocelyn out. in, in, in the queue. Stay there. Uh, Go ahead. Well, God, uh, listen, man, I'm, I'm a preacher. God said, do not move. And I did not move, but I can tell you this thing was, I'm not going to say it's breathing down my neck. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to turn around. But God said, don't move. I, I won't. I wouldn't move. I, I wouldn't move. I never heard of a dog man until you said it, Shep. I don't know what a dog man looks like. I don't know what a werewolf looks like. What I can tell you is the video speaks for itself, and you got it. I'm yeah, that's a, that's a shrieking howl. Now, uh, um, can you tell us about Because wasn't there. Howl. And is that what, like, it, when you were hearing these howls, though, like, what, I mean, were you getting scared or what? Of course I was. Listen, that lady that called last night, I love her and I appreciate what she had to say or whoever she was. I have no problem with her. I was horrified. I'm a, I'm a real man. I'm 47 years old. Okay. And, and listen, I, I, I don't, I don't brawl. I don't go out. I don't do a whole lot of things. I don't bother anybody. That lady last night, when she said she wasn't scared, she, I'm not going to say she didn't see anything. And I'm not going to say it wasn't going to attack her. Nothing attacked me. But what I'm going to tell you is um, that was real. And um, it was so close to me, the hair was standing. At the last point, about seven, on that video, you know, I have it on the TikTok. But outside of that, I have the full video of about an hour. Um, there's probably uh, 15 howls on there. 
But the last one on there, I put at the end of that Alan Jackson song, uh, I enhanced it 20 times. And uh, I can tell you one thing. I don't want to put too much of a twist in it either. Um, that was a werewolf or uh, I'm a werewolf. And I don't think I am. What uh, so, you? But you were uh, working in this guy's what house. What I know is this: I picked up. You you uh, were you were working at the house though, and then you ended up seeing like a message on a piece of table or something. That that was yes, interesting. Yes, no. He took me up the day before when he was showing me all the work that he needed to be done. Show me limbs, show me trees that, that were cut down that I need to pick up. He gave me like a month's worth of work, and he said to me. Uh, this and that and this, this is where the tools are. And he took me into his shop. It's, it's built like a barn, but it's a shop barn. You know how that is, the, you know, kind of Ammonite thing. I don't know if you know what Ammonites are, but it's in the South. Kind of Mennonites, things like that. Um, but with that being said, um, he took me upstairs and it said, this is your last chance to run, run. And he Later told me, and you see it on my video. Uh, yeah. I have a music video. Um, it's under Profit No Good, and uh, it's on YouTube. It's under my wife, Stephanie Ross. If you look Stephanie Ross up, uh, I don't need I don't need money for music. I'm, I, I, you know what I mean? It's not about promotion. If you want to see the truth, it's in the music video. I, I thought it was good enough. And I put the video on there and uh, I asked him, I said, can I, you know, the next, I came back on Friday night after this and said, can I, can I video this? He said, I don't care what you do. And uh, the bottom line is I was, I mean, I'm, he's listening right now because I sent him the link. Okay. Shit. Well, you know, uh, so, I mean, what do you think of all this? Do you think there's activity in the area or something? Because there's like a message, uh, like uh, someone knew about it. Like maybe like I'm the, afraid to say this. I'm afraid to say it. I'm afraid to say it. I'm going to say it. I think they're a pack of wolves. That's, that's wild. Now, uh, has there been any other reports and in the I area? Yes, yes. Nineteen forty-five, Anderson, um, uh, also Pelzer. Um, there's been many sightings here. Also, uh, just shortly below here, and we can get into this further. I don't want to bother anybody. But with that being said, uh, the lizard man. If you ever heard of him, he's full of scales. Um, he was a big deal in South Carolina, and uh, he was he was like when I was a child, reported highly. In, in the 80s another type of cryptid up, it's weird how there's all these I know, different I know uh, you have it, but look it up bethany aaron you too keith also keith your story was phenomenal and i don't want to keep you we're gonna you know? go to it we're but gonna no, let uh I jocelyn come in run. jocelyn's been waiting on hold uh jocelyn you're on the air with adam ross Hey, first real uh, quick shout out. Um, I really enjoyed that song that you played that Adam did. And I wanted to ask, does he have any CDs out or a way to access the music if anything's been recorded? Um, oh, that was recorded. Yes, ma'am. But um, honestly, um, I haven't really promoted anything. Um, 
I just, you know, I went to Nashville and I recorded and uh, I wanted to do that kind of stuff. I'm just not good at going out, you know, uh, to be honest. Okay, well, you have an amazing voice, and I hope you're able to produce something at some time, because I think you'd have a lot of very happy fans if you did. But back to the dog, man, I know you're getting short on time, but yes, I don't know if you've ever heard of the um, um, show or podcast, whatever, uh, quite frankly. He's on BitChute and a couple of the other um, more independent media sites that aren't so censored, but I'm bringing him up because about a year or so ago, he was, he has like these Saturday night open for, you know, Friday, Saturday fun shows, but he played, it was a radio host in New Mexico who had, you know, people called in with stories of these encounters. And this one just sent chills up my spine. It was a lady that had uh, relocated from Hawaii with her son and they were just out there. in I think East Texas, and um, and she had encounters. She would see things. The chickens were disappearing, um, noises and everything. And it really made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. She was so credible. I don't think she was making it up at all. It was just way too real. If anybody ever does any research, it, it would probably be easy to hunt down. But that story really changed me from kind of an open-minded skeptic to believing that, you know, and they say that, in the, the river valleys in Texas and some areas that they are common and people have a lot of stories about them. So that's just fascinating well, to well, me. Yes, the Bigfoot thing, I don't know. Well, yes, ma'am. Your name again? Jocelyn. That's Jocelyn. Oh, well, Jocelyn. Hey, um, uh, yeah, the, the hair standing up. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Um, if you're standing there, um, the hair definitely stands up. Um, you don't have to see anything. I promise you that. Uh, just to know is enough. And uh, that's all I can tell you. Ship, I've said enough. Thanks, Jocelyn. Yeah, so, uh, Adam, you know, thanks for coming on the show. And I know we kind of ran out of time and it cut the story short. Uh, we might have to get you on sometime and, like, you could tell the whole thing. No, it's really fascinating, uh, you know, how some of the details you told me that you didn't get to yet. Um, I wish we would have had more time, but, uh, what, uh, out of all your, um, you know, favorite bands, what, like, what, you know, out of all the bands that there are in the world and all the different types of music, what's your favorite band do you think of all time? Bush. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Six, 16 stone. Oh, cool. Good choice, man. Good choice. Yeah. Everything's in. I used to you listen to that. Yeah, I, I used to listen to that uh, whole album. You know, his main line is, I don't think so. But yeah, that's great, man. That's, that's, that's my f If I had a favorite, that dude right there. You know, you know, he also was on the movie Constantine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was like I didn't see that. Or I didn't see that. I heard he uh, played a pretty good role. Yeah, but in he there. was like, he was in an active part, and I think Constantine killed him or something. But, uh, but no. Uh, what was his name? Gavin uh, Rossendale or something Ross like that. Rossdale. Rossdale. Yeah. But um, he, I was, I was just blown away by, by them, and I was blown away by Nirvana. Um, I'm not really country. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just human, like everybody else. And I love music. Well, we're going to end the but show. Thanks for having me. 
we're gonna play your song on the outro everyone adam a ross uh how can't they can't they uh go to your youtube and hear some of your music too yeah if if um profit no good to um my wife um i really i don't have a lot of it put out um you know you can go to my wife stephanie ross and uh uh, profit no good or something like that but uh you know it's not that you know the main thing is you guys the story i told is real and that's all that matters and uh shep is a great guy bethany and uh aaron good to hear from y'all we'll see you later adam we'll talk to you later adam a ross god bless radio Thanks, you calling Monday over the radio. Why you bother me now? It's too late, don't you know? It's got us after midnight, and you don't think I know. And it's kind of hard to disguise when I'm looking in those pretty eyes. So shame And you'll cry But I just say You turn up the radio There ain't no second lines Written on this heart of mine Though it hurts you, no, I can't let it show Why we live life this way, only God knows but anyway Cause in the end you know that it wouldn't matter anymore All right.